Alrighty, we're on the last two, three words. Um, last three words of 25b, let's begin. Amar Rava, Rava explains Glima. On the next page, Chavav Amar Aleph 26a, Glima. Akamatra kekli besoch klidam. If you have a cloak on top of a drawer, um, then that is as if you have one receptacle inside of another. So in other words, let's say you have a safer, you have a holy book inside of a drawer that is then covered by a cloak that is considered one receptacle inside of another, and it will be a fine partition to allow you to... Um, to be um, intimate with one spouse in the same room. Okay, Amar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Yeshua ben Levi explains, Sefer Torah tzarech lasos lo asara. If you have an actual Sefer Torah, you have an actual Torah um, in your room, in order to be able to um, be intimate in that intimate in that room, um, covering it inside two receptacles does not help. You need to have an actual partition that is... 10 tfachim high, so at least 30 inches high. Marzutra ikl the Rav Ashi. Marzutra once went to the home of Rav Ashi. Chazi leduchde de mar Rav Ashi. And he saw the bedroom or the area. So the bedroom of Mar, the son of Rav Ashi. De monach sefer Torah. And there was a Torah inside of it. And he saw that there was, that he had made for the Torah a 10 tefach partition. Amar Leim, Arzutra said to Ravashi, Kiman, according to whom are you going like by thinking that having this um, partition does the trick to allow intimacy in that same room? So he answered, um, Kir Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, are you going like Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, who said, who we just quoted earlier, saying that a 10 tefach partition does the trick? But Amar to Amar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, maybe we should say that when Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi said a 10 tefach Partition does the trick. The less lay besa achrina. That's only if you do not have another home, meaning you have no other home to place your Torah in. Mar, but you ha isle besa achrina. However, you have another home. So why don't you put the Torah in the other home and not rely on a partition to allow for intimacy? Amar le, Rav Ashi actually answered, Lava datai. I did not think of it. Um, I didn't think of that possibility, but certainly you are correct. Okay, now we're going to analyze the last part of the Mishnah we had. Um, how far do you have to distance yourself from them, which is a reference to urine and from feces, in order to daven, or to say shema? Um, arba amos, you need to distance yourself four cubits, four amos, so again, about eight, between six and eight feet. Amarav, Amarav, Sechora, Amarav, Huna. Rav said the name of Sechora and the name of Huna. We only said that four cubits, this thing yourself, four cubits works if the feces is behind you. But if it's in front of you, you actually have to distance yourself as far as the eye can see, meaning you can't be able to see it. And so too for when it comes to davening. Meaning for davening as well, you would need to distance yourself so that you can no longer see it. Um, Ini, now is this true? Vaha Amar Rav from Bar Papa, Amar Rav Chista, didn't Rav from Bar Papa say in the name of Chista, Omer Adam Kenege Beisaki say Omispalel, that you can stand in front of basically or facing a Beisaki say a washroom and pray, 
Um, now, this is probably referring to standing four cubits away, but certainly you're standing in front of it, so you can still see it. So we see that four cubits is still f sufficient, and you don't need to be so far away from it that you can no longer see it. So we answer, What are we dealing with here? That case where all we said you need to do is stand four cubits away and not so that you can no longer see it, that's a bathroom, a washroom, that has not been you, or you know, it doesn't have any feces in it at the moment, and therefore it's you. It doesn't require you to distance yourself so you can no longer see it. Now, Eni, now is it true that a bathroom that does not have feces in it is treated any differently than a bathroom that does? So Hamar Rav Yosef Archanina, but didn't Rav Yosef Archanina say, when we refer to a bathroom, we, re we mean to say whether it has feces currently in it or not. As long as it's designated as a bathroom, it has the same laws, whether it has feces in it or not. And therefore, we would seem to be able to prove that you do not need to distance yourself as, so that you can no longer see it when you're standing in front of it, uh, when you're standing facing it, but rather just four cubits. And now we're going to just quote that further. And when we refer to a bathhouse, Adam. As long as it's designated as a bathhouse, it makes no difference if someone's in it or not currently. It's still the same rules apply. So, but what do we see? So, um, we see that four cubits is enough. You don't need to distance yourself f as far away so that you cannot see it. Um, so then, that's what it would seem. That's how we would seem to conclude from Rav Chishta's statement. Um, rather, it must be that when Rav Chista said four cubits is enough and you do not need to distance yourself to, from seeing it, perhaps he was referring to a new bathroom, meaning one that was designated as a washroom but never used as a washroom. And perhaps that's where all you need to do is distance yourself for almost, but you do not need to distance. If it was if it wasn't new, if it had been used, then of course you need to distance yourself so you can no longer see it. But wait a minute, if a homi bayalela ravina, but didn't ravina one time ask? He's minulabesaki say mahu. If you designate an area as a bathroom, what is the halacha? What is its legal designation? Yesh zimun o ein zimun. Do we say that designation or des or designating it as a bathroom? Do we say that that is in essence, making it into a bathroom, or do we say no? Just designating it without ever without it ever having been used does not give it the same status as a bathroom. So we see, though, that in Ravina's question, we see that there was a thought in his mind that when a bathroom, when an area is designated as a bathroom, even though it has not yet been used as one, it should have the same rules as a regular bathroom. And if that's the case. Then Rav Chista's to say that Rav Chista, who required only distancing yourself four cubits and saying that that was a case of a designated bathroom that had never been used before, that's not helpful because we see that Ravina contemplated that even that type of bathroom is still considered no different than a bathroom that had been used before. So we answer. So key coming by Leila Ravina, no. When Ravina was asking the question about a de uh, bathroom that was designated as one but never used before, he didn't mean to say, does it have the same rule? He didn't mean to contemplate that it would have the same exact status as a bathroom that had been used before in every manner. That's only Lamekam Ale with Sluye Bigave. He was wondering only 
if it's considered enough of a bathroom to prohibit you from praying right inside of it or not. But certainly, he never contemplated that it would have the same rules as a regular bathroom. And then if that's the case, then we can say that where Rav Chista required, that when Rav Chista required only four cubits um, distancing, we can say that was a bathroom that was designated as one but never used. And then the opinion that says that you need to... Um, that you need to distance, or the Mishnah that says you need to distance yourself so you can no longer see it, that would be talking about a bathroom that was used. Um, and then finish off the reading of that Gemara, aval kinegdo lo, but certainly um, when it comes to praying opposite a bathroom that was never used, just designating as such, no, Ravina never thought that it would have the same rule as a bathroom that had been used already. And then we have a last ruling. Amar Rava, Rava says, Hani These Persian bathrooms, and they had a bit more of a sophisticated type of bathroom where once, you know, that once the excrement was excreted, it would actually kind of go down like a hole and be, and, and then be um, no longer present inside of the bathroom. So we say when it comes to that type of bathroom, even though there is excrement inside of it, it's as if the bathroom has been closed up. Um, it's as if it's been closed up, and therefore you'd be able to daven next to it and perhaps even inside of it. So that's like modern plumbing, and that, that's, you know, that's a very important little rule um, to keep in mind when discussing what, how to designate, how to understand our current bathrooms and praying next to them or inside of them. Okay, last mission of this chapter. Zav Shara Akeri, someone that had experienced um, a specific type of discharge that would then make it that you have to wait seven days um, and then go to the mikvah before being purified of your impurity. Again, not the right word. Um, so someone that was saw that type of discharge and then saw a seminal discharge. Benita Shapalta Shechvazer, or a woman that is a nida, so she is in her, she menstruated. Again, you gotta wait time before going to the mikvah. And after becoming a nida, she was, or at least right now, she um, she discharged. She had she discharged. Um, she had a seminal discharge of the semen that had um, that from from the last time that she was intimate. Or you have a scenario of a woman who had was intimate, so again, giving you the same designation as someone that had a seminal discharge, and then became a nida. Uh, so the first opinion is, is that in all these scenarios, even though you have a more stringent type of impurity that you have to wait for seven days or at least a while to go to the mikvah for, you still need to go to the mikvah immediately in order to pray and learn and say Shema. You still need to go to the mikvah immediately just in order to take off, in order to purify from the seminal discharge part of it. For Rabbi Yehuda Poter, Rabbi Yehuda says, no, you're exempt because he feels that you don't go to the mikvah to take off this lower level of impurity if you're still going to remain with this much more significant type of impurity. Okay, so that's the Mishnah. Now we're going to do the Gemara. So they ask, Balkari Shira Aziva Rabbi Yehuda Mahu. 
According to Rabbi Huda, who said that in the case where you had the significant um, impurity from a from a specific type of discharge, and then following that, you also had a seminal discharge. So he said you don't go to the mikvah in that case. You rather wait to go to the mikvah until you can purify yourself from the more stringent type of impurity. But what happens if you first had a seminal discharge, and then you had a ziva, this other specific type of discharge? So then the lesser impurity came on first, so you already had to go to the mikvah for that reason. Do we say then go to the mikvah for that reason, even though this more stringent type of impurity won't be purified from that mikvah going? So we add, the question is as follows. Ki patr Rabbi Huda hasam, when Rabbi Huda exempted you from going to the mikvah, that was bizav shara akari, that was a case of someone that was a zav, so saw a specific type of discharge, and then had a seminal discharge. Because in the first place, he couldn't go in the first place, meaning the first condition that he had was the set was the specific discharge. And you can't go to the mikvah immediately from that. So therefore it wouldn't make sense to require you to go to the mikvah just to take off a smaller impurity. But in the case of a, someone that saw a seminal discharge and only after that saw the specific discharge, which meant that in the first place, he was a, in the first place, he was somebody for whom the mikvah would work and only then did it change. Mikhaev, then perhaps Rehuda would require you to go to the mikvah um, before you daven or say shema, etc. O Dilma or perhaps it makes no difference. Once you already have a more significant type of impurity on you that cannot be taken off by going to the mikvah this instant, this instance, then perhaps we don't require you to go to the mikvah at all until you can take off both impurities. So we answer as follows. Tashma, come in here. Someone that was intimate and then became a nida, um, she needs to go to the mikvah, according to the first opinion. Rabbi Huda Potter, Rabbi Huda does not allow this. Rabbi Huda, I'm sorry, exempts you from going to the mikvah until, of course, you can, until later on when the mikvah would work for the nida, the menstruating part of it as well. So what's the proof from here? Now the case of someone that was intimate and then became a nida, is seemingly similar to the case of someone that first saw a seminal discharge and then saw a more significant discharge. And in that case, Rabbi Huda exempted the in that case of the woman that was intimate and then became a nida, Rabbi Huda exempted you from going to the mikvah, Shmamina, so we can infer from here that as well, Rabbi Huda would exempt you from going to the mikvah if you first became a balkari, so you first had a seminal discharge, and only then afterwards did you have the ziva discharge. Tani Rabbi Chia Bahadiyah, and Rabbi Chia taught this explicitly, balkari shara ziva, someone that had a seminal discharge and then had a more significant discharge, a ziva, sarech tevila, that person does need to go to the mikvah. Rabbi Huda Potter, Rabbi Huda clearly exempts you. So we see from there that um, Rabbi Huda's opinion. We will return to you. Chapter 3 of Brachos. Mazel Tov.